0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast, episode number 92. We're here. It's a Monday, beautiful Monday morning.
1: A beautiful spring day. And right now...
0: I'm want hungover. Just hung want to take a second. You know, mm-hmm. just, Saturday really took a lot out of me. I, I, I had such an adrenaline dump Saturday. I couldn't even walk upstairs to go to bed. Yeah. Slept on the couch.
1: Yeah. It. I, <laughs> I uh, don't know. That's what I got for
0: you. We're beginning a new week. We're here with another results and recap, this time for UFC 261. Three title fights, one new champion. The streak continues for three yeah. title fight cards. Eight now, all eight have had a new champion.
1: And if you didn't know that, you should check out our Wednesday special episode from last week. Mm hmm.
0: Just a plug to just start a little, the episode. Just a plug. But since we are starting a brand new week, Dominic, how are you feeling, my friend?
1: I am on a fight hangover, but it's incredible mm-hmm. because it's not painful. Yeah. It's just we witnessed one of the most memorable UFC events that has ever occurred it for might many, be, many it reasons. It might
0: be the most memorable. Fames, for, we're for, a, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. We'll both get, good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. We can get more into it. Yeah. But, but uh, even uh, wow. if you take out the memorable part, it's one of the best cards top to bottom. Yeah. To get your money's worth. Like, this is like if you have a friend who's on the fence, like when you were showing me mm-hmm. UFC for the first time, this would be the kind of card Could you would want you to introduce one. someone to. Yeah. Because you get everything here. Literally. The brutality aspect of the sport along with some of the beautiful aspects. The fans were adding a lot to Mm -hmm. the event last night. But before we get too deep into these fights, it's time for the news. The news. We got one fight announcement to talk about. A big
1: fight announcement. Really, it kind of just happened so quick, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm a little surprised that it uh, kind of happened without there being much talk behind the scenes. It just out of nowhere, kinda here. Yeah. June twelfth, UFC 263. We got our headliner. Not gonna be Davison versus Moreno two. But Israel Adesanya back in his in his kingdom of UFC middleweights. He's gonna be going up against Marvin Vittori. Yes. The rematch. The rematch, a few years in the making, as You all might know Marvin Vittori is the closest gentleman to ever come to the Technically speaking,
1: he is. He is. If you go by scorecards, yes. You know,
0: Kelvin technically (laughs) took him to the brink, but Marvin Vittori did win on one of the three judges' scorecards against Adesanya. This was a fight when both guys were much younger in their career, still on the come up. Obviously, Vittori's path took him a little longer than Adesanya's did, but now Vittori coming. That's Vittori's
1: last loss.
0: Yeah, I mean, true. And he's looked really good over the last year. You know, his fight with Hermanson, he showed a lot of capabilities, mm-hmm. not just on the ground, but on the feet. His fight with Holland, uh, Holland taking that fight short Copy notice. Copy-pasted from Bronson. I mean, Kevin Holland's very much a tough guy to figure out on the feet because of his length and Vittori kind of doing what Brunson had already done before, taking him down. But Vittori's really coming into his own here, and I, I'm very much looking forward to this fight.
1: Yeah, this is a very fun fight. Again, a rematch in the making. Izzy obviously has went on a tear ever since he beat Marvin. Marvin has not lost since that fight. He's won five straight. And stylistically it's a good clash because Izzy, of course, is the striking genius. Marvin, as Noah always likes to say, is he's not great in any particular aspect, but he's good at every one of them. You right. Know?
0: And what he's and what he's probably best at is gonna be getting this fight to the ground. And Anastasia coming off a loss at light heavyweight to yeah. Jan Blachowicz, who really reinforced Presented that. a little bit of a blueprint. huh? And just it potentially, maybe. Just potentially. Just maybe. Um, and that was at a higher weight class, yeah. 205 pounds. Vittori is a very big guy, though, for this middleweight division. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you look into it. Right, right. Uh, there is a path to victory for Vittori here. Probably one. A lot of people might not like Vittori's chances here, but I'm just going to say, His path to victory might be more obvious than, let's say, Robert Whitaker. Or really anybody else in this division. It's true. He does present something, speaking of Robert Whitaker. Yes. Dana also reinforced with this announcement that Robert Whitaker would be next for the winner of this fight.
1: And Rob was offered this before Marvin, but he could not make the quick turnaround. Because Izzy was dead set on the June 12th date. As we all know, Robert just fought. He has to travel and do all the quarantining for Australia and stuff, so the timeline didn't make sense. He will await the winner and more than likely fight in the early fall.
0: And you know why? A lot of people were upset about this, but I'm fine with it. Yes, yeah, so because long as that holds
1: true and Rob doesn't have to fight anyone else, I'm fine with it. The only
0: this. way that that's going to fall apart is if the winner of this of this title fight gets hurt.
1: Yeah, that could
0: be true. Injury. And I think that's where a lot of people's anger is coming out is that they feel like, no, you should. Rob earned it. Izzy should wait. But I just think the champion has the. Champions, when you have a belt, you're the one that has the say here. Yeah. And I'm glad he tried to fight. That says
1: a lot about Izzy, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, Israel's coming off a loss, a very tough loss at that, where he tried to become champ champ, and that could have opened the door to, like, a John Jones super fight or God knows what. He loses. So he's kind of brought back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So you know he's looking to really get that win back and in a big way. Yeah. So if Robertsn't ready and he shouldn't be. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not taking that fight. This is your rematch that you've been that you had to go and earn. Yeah. I'm not taking it on a month and a half.
1: No, not against a guy like Izzy. There's no, no way.
0: So smart on him, but I'm glad that the UFC is reinforcing that he is really the number one contender. He's just going to go after Vittori. Yeah, exactly. It's all about timing. Exactly. Now, moving on to the rest. PFL debuted the other night. Yes, they did. Their opening card of the year. Mm -hmm. So, Friday night, you got the first week of PFL action. Lightweights and featherweights going at it. We're going to start with the featherweights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lance Palmer, the man who had won the featherweight tournament for 2018 and 2019, going up against Bubba Jenkins.
1: Love that name, by the way. Mm-hmm.
0: Bubba Jenkins, shocking the world. Beating Lance Palmer 30 27 on all three judges' scorecards. Yeah. Clean sweep. Lance Palmer, an Ohio boy, someone that we rooting for. But he goes down in week one. And not just that, but the debut of potentially this huge star for the PFL. Yeah, one of the new faces of the whole organization. Anthony Pettis in the main event loses in his first fight for the promotion to Clay Collard. Cassius real. Clay Collard. Yeah,
1: and outside of one moment for Anthony in the third round, <sighs> it was all Collard, to be
0: true. 29-27 times two, and 29-28, all for Collard. Unanimous decision. Yeah. Man, yeah. Anthony Pettis is such a, he's such a streaky fighter, ain't he?
1: And it sucks for him because, you know, everybody loves some showtime. At yeah, the debut... And obviously a smaller promotion, but still prominent in MMA. But to go down like that, it's just like, okay. Is this where he's at in his career? Was it just one <laughs> bad night? What, what, what's going on here? So, for Lance
0: Palmer, it's more understandable. The guy's 34 now. Hasn't fought. Yeah. Because he's been with yeah, the BFL. Yeah, fought last year. He, well, he hasn't fought. like He didn't get greenlit to go fight like for Kayla. some other promotion. Yeah, So he hasn't fought in a long time. So that does add to like the ring rust and things like that. Anthony Pettis has been fighting in the UFC for a while. He fought over quarantine uh, UFC 249. He yep. won a decision over Cowboy Cerrone. Then um, his his going out fight. Alex Morano. Alex Morano got a big one there. Mm-hmm. So he comes in here and a lot of people, a lot of the question's been, can Anthony Smith, or excuse me, Anthony Pettis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> become PFL star, you know? Right. Because he does have a lot of star power. I mean, the UFC put him on the Wheaties box. You know, he was a big deal at one point in time. And now that he's going to step back in competition, you were like, okay, maybe he can become a star for them. Oh, Someone, a, for them to really promote. That was a huge free agent. Song. Yeah, and then for him to come out and just kind of in a bit of a whimper here.
1: Mm-hmm. Did not really present much. Like I said, third round landed a nasty head kick, flying mm-hmm. knee combo that almost put Collard out. But to Collard's credit. Tough as nails, survived it, and it was all collared, rounds one and two, and up until that happened, it was all him in the third round as well. So, yeah, odd performance out of Anthony. I'm sure we'll see him bounce back. I know he wants to go at 155 and 170 in PFL, so we'll see what's next for him.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Also, for the rest, uh, as we mentioned, Dana White doing a bit of a media tour this week in anticipation for UFC 261. In one of his interviews, mm. he uh, he added some clarity to the heavyweight uh, kind of days of our lives yeah. <laughs> drama that's going on. He said that Derek Lewis is likely next for Francis Ngannou, and said that John Jones reportedly asked for thirty million dollars flat that's to a lot fight of, that's a lot Ngannou. Geez. Thirty million. So let's start with the John Jones part now. Someone's Again. lying. Well, yeah, true. John Jones came out on Twitter and denied this. Yes. He said, I did not ask for that. He said, if someone's telling you wrong, Dana, you need not. to clear that yeah. up. Someone's lying. Yeah. But also, if let's just take it, let's say that is what he asked for. Okay, let's just say that that's what it is. We don't know enough about <laughs> yeah. fighter pay and... You know, what these guys make. I think to,
1: there's so much more that goes into it than what we see that gets released. But what I
0: will say is that if you're asking, you know, typically these champions, these high-level fighters, you know, John Jones would be in that club, they earn on the pay-per-view side. Yeah. So you get like, you know, two or three million, but if you're as big of a star as you think you are, then your pay-per-view should be through the roof. Yeah. And then you'll bank... On the pay-per-view side. That's why Connor makes shit That's loads why of Connor money. made, like, I think for him and Cowboy, he made, like... i say it was, like, $50 million. But only, like... It shows the, how much the pay-per-view... But only three, three of that on. was, like, the... You know, it was, like, $3 million. Just to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So, nobody gets a flat rate.
1: Just $30 million. Not, Nobody just... Sold. Not even Connor. Yeah.
0: And... That's what Dana said that John was asking for. So if that's the case, you have to understand that that might be just... That comes off like negotiating your way out of a fight. Like, it just comes off like you're just throwing out a number because you know they won't say yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, give John Jones the benefit of the doubt, it's all he said he said right now. Yeah, yeah. But what I saw a lot of people saying, and I, I, I won't deny that I, I kind of side with these people... Is when John Jones denied it, he could have put out whatever figures he was asking for, whatever numbers he was asking for, and he didn't.
1: Yeah. We know for sure that he has asked for more than eight to ten million. He said that was way too low. That was at His the very coach, beginning. Uh
0: Greg Jackson has said that John Jones is worth fifty million dollars. And
1: technically right in the middle of that is thirty million. <laughs> so. <laughs> so
0: it just it makes you wonder, really. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um it just uh it's not a great look for, really, this whole situation. But, Derek Lewis looking like he's next for Ngannou. What are your thoughts there?
1: Knock on wood. Surely that fight doesn't go like the first time. <laughs> right. Because we don't even like to speak of it. Like, when we, if that fight happens and we break down the fight, we won't even talk about the first fight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We will, obviously. But you get what I'm saying. It's one of the worst fights in UFC history. Definitely, probably...
0: Well,
1: it's one of the worst It's the UFC most disappointing
0: fight I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a great way to Cause, yeah, it. Because, yeah, it's one of the worst fights ever. I, but I, if you go off of what it could have been versus what it was, I, there's no bigger discrepancy than that. In, in my scene.
1: story here, it kind of goes back to my story of uh, when I was talking up JoJo Calderwood when we went to UFC 203. Yeah. My uncle came over to watch that pay-per-view. Um, it was headlined by Stipe. The, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> The Francis and Lewis first fight, and I'm like, Man, this co main event's gonna be nuts. These guys knock each other out or knock all their opponents. Yeah, you were there, and I was talking it up to my uncle because he doesn't watch it very much, you know, very frequently Mm. like us. Then the fight happens, and it's an absolute shit fest. Yeah, and then he's like, Dude, you had me come over and watch this. This was the fight, and then Stipe got knocked on the main event, but I don't want to talk about that more. Yeah, that night was rough, it was a bad night, so that just tells you like this fight was awful. I don't think it would happen twice in a row, but you never know. If that's the fight, I'm not mad. Because technically, if you're talking about the number one contender, not counting John, I mean, it is Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis has earned the title shot. It was just, we always thought, okay, John's going to be next, because obviously that fight's huge. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to it at all. It's like literally the second best option. So I don't hate it. I mean. But I want John and Francis.
0: Yeah. I I think everybody kind of does. It's it's complicated because, in the past, I have said I was like I think John should take a. I don't want to say call it a tune up fight because I think these just top take one fight at heavyweight. I said he should fight someone like Curtis Blades. Yeah, show that you can fight at this weight class, and then the anticipation will be even higher when you do fight Francis. Now there was, at that time, Steve Bay hadn't even fought Francis yet, and. Um, in I was saying, game. I was saying, John should have already by now fought someone at heavyweight, yeah. so that way the winners of, you know, each and respect knockdown fight, fight each other. A, then John yeah. win against Curtis or someone like that, they get match up at the end of the summer. Yeah, that's not really how it's gone, but we're still kind of in a stagnating, you know, time right now. So, if John's serious about this, if he's really wanting to fight, which you know. I don't know. It's 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 kind of it's just all messy right now. The way, all
1: the training and hard work he's putting in, you gotta think he
0: wants it, right? I mean, he's gotta want to at least fight at the yeah, division. It's weird. So I would like to say that if 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 we're gonna move on, if we're gonna pivot and go and Gannon Lewis too, which I'm not upset about, then I want to see John Jones fight somebody. Somebody. I don't want to see him take. I mean, he's already over a year off right now since his last fight. I respect that he did a lot of that because he wanted to properly get his body to a heavyweight frame. And, and that he has done. done. Yeah. But now that he's there, you can't just shut it off and go back to light heavyweight. At yeah. least I don't think so. Yeah. I don't so, see him ever um, fighting down there again. So now he's kind of stuck, right? Yeah. But you got to think of a fight with Curtis Blades or real Gone or well, something no, like I'm that. no, I'm going to ask you. Uh, or if he fought Stepe, or something that. was like, going to be my question. Uh, okay. So, oh, I mean, boy.
1: Think about it, though.
0: I mean, it'd be a big fight, but I don't think he'd be asking for $30 million. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what he did ask for, by the way. I'm just saying I don't think he would be asking for some outrageous amount. Yeah. If it's not a title fight, and not against someone who can knock your lights out in one punch, like Francis. But, yeah. It, it's
1: um, just drama.
0: Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be... And Ganu Lewis, too. And again, we don't hate it. And yet, I'm somehow excited for it even after the first fight. So
1: Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> Good
0: point. Damn it, UFC 261. But that's it for the news. Oh, yeah, the news. Damn it, UFC 261. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about here. Buddy. Let's start with our prelim notables, Dom, because, boy, is there a lot that we could pick There are this a lot one. to choose from. So, what is your prelim notable here? I'm going
1: the very last prelim of the night, the featured prelim, Mr. Randy morning. Brown. Man, I didn't know these guys had so much hostility against one another. I First off, did anybody,
0: hey, if, if anybody's listening, did anybody check out Randy Brown's yeah, Twitch we got, stream? Yeah, we got
1: to get on Randy Brown's Twitch. Yeah, we got to know what happened. Because apparently something happened after the weigh-ins on Friday. We don't know what it is. But uh, Randy Brown puts on a hell of a performance against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Looked great on the feet, hurt. Alex with a nasty right hand. I mean, that was a brutal shot. Uh, Alex never recovers. Then, to everyone's amazement, he hops on Cowboy's back and gets a one-armed rear naked choke submission. That's right, folks. He never locked the hands. Nope. He used Alex's own shoulder to lock in the rear naked choke submission and forces Oliveira to tap. Randy Brown's a guy that finishes so many of his fights. A guy with a lot of hype. Very long. Rangy, built, physically strong, unique fighter, and uh, the biggest profile name on his resume thus far in his UFC career. And I'm excited to see what comes next for Randy Brown. That was a great way to kick in to the shit show that was the main card. I mean, Yeah, that guy, wow. he's
0: fought a lot of notable people. Right? Oh, yeah. Losses oh, yeah. to Luke, a, Nico Price, Bilal Muhammad. But he's got wins over Mickey Gall, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Barberena, Warly Alves, and then Alex Oliveira yeah. kind of and um, he's one of those guys, like Nico Price, like even Luke A a little bit, where they're just always in these really fun fights. But for like him and P- Nico, they've never quite been able to get through the front door, get through yeah. to the top fifteen. Well, like
1: you were just reading with his resume, those big fights, especially the names like Luke A, he would fall short. Yeah. But then he gets, like I said, this Oliveira. That's a huge name. This is a guy that's yeah. fought and been there and done that. So. Interesting. What will come next for Randy now
0: after getting that big win? I mean, that's a submission of the year contender, by the way. Yeah, I've n- I've mm. never seen a rear naked choke. Me and not Dom, get locked me like and that. Dom, this year in anticipation for the second annual Joey's. Yes, we are keeping track of these uh, of our award categories. With an ongoing yes. list throughout the year. Because last
1: year, we scrambled and just threw yeah. them all of that day. Yeah. But now we're keeping them as we go. So,
0: Randy Brown, be on the lookout for yeah. that for submission of the year. The one arm. One arm. Could be one of our nominees. Crazy. My prelim notable. There's a lot I could choose from. But I'm going to go with Jeff Molina. Jeff Molina. I wish I could give it to both guys in this How fight. How about you do? Just give them the fight. Yeah, I oh, mean, the, both, them both these flyweights, Jeff Molina and then Adrieke-Lang. Adrieke-Lang? Um, on Wikipedia, it shows it as Keylang Aori. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing on UFC's website. But that was what the broadcast Yeah, said they put it, it all together. lang Yeah. So, these two guys had an absolute war. It's a fight of the year contender. Literally... This the, What this fight turned into, because Jeff Molina, we got the win. Unanimous decision, 29-28 times two, 29-27. Molina was piecing up a Lang for most of the fight. Mm-hmm. Most of the fight was Molina kind of on his bike, a Lang pressing forward, and just getting pieced Peaced. up. Pieced, yeah. But he just kept coming. Yeah, he, looked, he looked like Korean Zombie. End of so the second round. Like. Hurts. Jeff Molina, if there was 10-15 more seconds in that round, that fight might be over. End of the third round, Dropped the him. fight gets nuts. Yeah, yeah. He drops him. If there was 10-15 to 15 more seconds in that round, he might have won that fight. This fight was amazing. Jeff Molina, only 23 years old. And Lang, Only 27, I think. Well, you. I think you told me, because I missed the very beginning. He's the youngest fighter on the UFC roster. No, 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 that's Rongzu.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, there was a few of those kind of Asian fighters. They had three straight the prelims, on the prelims. But uh, Adriki Lang, 27, I believe. Still very young. Um, if this is what the future of flyweights looking like for the UFC, I'm very That's excited. That's what they need. That's what they and, need. Um, That was a fight that got the crowd going. It was the second fight of the whole card. Yeah. First fight women's straw strawweights, they had a banger that as was well. That a banger. Um, but then this fight... Fight of the Year contender. I'm serious, people. Go watch it if you missed it. Because uh, truthfully, we had to go back and watch it later. Yeah. Because we missed it on the original broadcast. So we had to go back and watch it. Um, we saw like the very end and <laughs> just saw how crazy yeah, it was. Yeah, nuts. And then we got Fight of the Night. It was like, all right, let's go watch it. Yeah. Fight was amazing though. Jeff Molina and Lang. I'm going to be on the lookout for you moving forward. We love our prelim notables. Yeah, I mean, you could have went with Ariani car She was the opener on Women's Strawweight. Allen um, Brendan Allen Brendan Allen, Patrick Sabatini had a nice performance. Dwight Grant. Um, obviously, Randy Brown. Like, really, all these guys. Dana Bat- Batgirl. Yeah, With R- that TKO. Over Kevin K- NotTV, TV, K- Yeah, 50 seconds. Uh, all it, of those fights. This,
1: again, this whole card, absolutely unreal. Yeah, people...
0: You, this is a card where you got to watch top to bottom. Thirteen straight fights, all of them were incredible. not a single fight. would I could say was bad. No, everything there was everything here. Yeah, something to take away from every single fight. But let's get into this main card. It's I'm so excited! I, I can't believe we haven't even done it yet. It's time. We opened at light heavyweight. Anthony Smith gets the TKO doctor stoppage over Jimmy Crouse. At the end of the first round, so credited as a five-minute round one TKO. Mm-hmm. Um, little disappointing because this fight was looking like it, could, it was really starting to pick up. Yes. But, man. It was
1: everything we thought.
0: Anthony Smith landing the perfect leg kick, did he not?
1: And, man, before the leg kick did Anthony Smith look, oh, so crisp with them the, jabs. The jabs oh, were hurting,
0: were busting up Jimmy Crute. And Crute.
1: You know, no slight to him. Looked good. He did nothing wrong. I mean, he was fighting well, even after that. I think leg we were, I kick, think we
0: were going to get a three round like war. Oh yeah,
1: Crute lands two big takedowns in the first round. Uh, reason being, as Noah <laughs> aforementioned, this fight
0: was actually kind of crazy if you go back and rewatch yeah. it. Because, Anthony Smith
1: numbs Crute. Well, leg. I don't.
0: I I'm still not sure if that's what happened or. Imagine
1: the Cheeto Vera kick tomorrow or uh, two. Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Everybody remembers that kick, and Sean's foot just gave gives way. It's because, almost what happened here. Because
0: Dana was, like, acting at the post-fight press conference that maybe there was some ligament damage or something to uh, crew here. But, yeah, his he basically gets dead leg. He couldn't walk. And, like, you just see his foot kind of buck rolling ro- and stuff, and yeah. it's real nasty to, like, you're just, it's, like it's oh, God, nah, don't break it. It looked like a Play-Doh thing. It was but weird. then he just lands two takedowns yeah. right after that. He can't walk on it. So, he lands two straight takedowns yeah. on Anthony Smith. And Smith notices this immediately and tries to pounce. Yeah. Kroot, goes Kroot finishes the round on top. Yeah. Makes the round very crazy. Razor thin. Eyes, yeah. But, I would have still scored it for Anthony Smith. Because of overall. the damage done. Um, so, then... We go to the Jimmy Cruz going back to the corners. Yeah. He barely makes he barely it. Barely makes it he gets up, the doctor's looking at him as he's standing, and he's like he's getting psyched stanky up. Legs. Well, he's getting psyched up. Yeah. He's like, Let's fucking go. But he's falling but over. But then he falls over once. Yeah. And then the refs like or the doctor's like, nope, calling it. Jimmy not happy, but also was like understood. understood. Yeah. So these like, guys had a lot of respect man, for each other.
1: This was the definition of just respect in mixed martial arts after this fight. Anthony Smith is he just as humble as they come?
0: I I don't understand how there's still people that don't like this guy. I don't. Wake
1: up, people. And I
0: also understand how there's people out there that still discredit his talent. This man
1: has now had 51 fights and he's 32 years old.
0: He's a guy who has really figured it out later in his career. Yeah. That's all there is to it. You can sit there and look at his record. I hate when people take that boxing mentality with MMA where it's like, you know, Jorge Masvidal I saw a lot of they were talking about his fourteen losses and stuff, and I'm like, no, 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 no. The MMA is not like that. You can lose any given. Some of the best
1: fighters in the world have losses. Yeah, that's how it is. But
0: you look at Anthony Smith in this move to light when he moved to light heavyweight and the fights he's had there, the growth he's had in that division, unbelievable. He fought for a title. He is legitimately one of the best fighters in the entire division. Yes, and very underrated.
1: Oh, yes. Severely underrated, in
0: my opinion. he just showed again. You can't take away from him what he did in this fight. He looked incredible. I was disappointed at first because I'm like, oh, my gosh. This this fight could have been awesome. And it was still a good fight for as long as it went. But you can't take away that he's the one that elicited that damage. It's just like Marlon Vera, Sean O'Malley, kind of, at least in my mindset about it now.
1: And for Jimmy Cruz, still so young, man. This is a guy that's only 12-2. and And you look at the losses, literally Misha Serkinov, a perennial top ten guy, and now Anthony Smith fought for a title. There's nothing to take away here from Jimmy Crute in a negative aspect. He fought a great fight. You can't help the injury that happens. And, again, he was just going back and forth. He looked good. But what do you think should be – oh, you're about to ask that,
0: I think. Well, yeah, I'm about to tell you who I think should be next. Okay, do it. Um, Anthony Smith has been fighting backwards for a while. I think it's time he goes back to moving ahead and really shows that he can still fight for a belt if he so can. Um, how about number four, Tiago Santos? Oh, These are two former middleweights. Might be a middleweight rematch, yep, too. Yeah, two guys that have fought at middleweight. They're two former middleweights, obviously, in the UFC. Uh, back in their probably rightful divisions yeah. and made big splashes here. But they're in opposite scenarios, kind of going in different directions right now. Santos on a tough what is it now? Three fight losing streak. Um, he's lost. He lost a title fight with John Jones that we both thought he won on one leg. Yep. Then he lost to Glover Teixeira in a very disappointing comeback fight where he looked really good early and then just got stopped yeah. and Finished kind on of the ground. gassed out. And then he had a kind of disappointing fight with uh, Rakich. Alexander Rakich. Yeah. Uh, but didn't necessarily look bad in that fight. Just overall not, a, not the best fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's three fights, but he's still ranked number four. Anthony Smith, he had his troubles in 2020. They were well-documented. Obviously, you know, he he had all that personal drama with, uh, like, his break-in at his house, and yeah. then he comes back. Looks great early against Glover Teixeira. Glover ends up dominating him for the later part of that fight, and it gets real kind of hard to watch. Ref should have stepped in sooner. Then he also gets pummeled by Alexander Rakich, but bounces back at the end of the year with a nice submission win over Devin Clark, who was unranked. Yep. Comes back here and beats number 13, Jimmy Crute.
1: Smith is just taking fights because he doesn't give a
0: shit yeah. who you put in front of but him. But I think now it's time for him to fight ahead. And you got a guy like Tiago Santos who's on a three-fight skid. Tiago's needs to prove that he can still... He's still worthy of his spot in the top five. And Anthony yep. Smith right at number six. Give me that fight all day.
1: So I'm a... Uh... I'm going Anthony Smith fighting the winner of our May 1st – or I'm sorry, not the winner. The loser of our May 1st headliner coming up between Dominic Reyes and Yuri Prohaska. Uh, Noah's boy, Yuri. Can't wait to see him. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, I think the loser of that would make a lot of sense because they would still be ranked ahead of Anthony. They would be, uh, Yuri's number five right now. is number three. Very prominent names within that division. And I don't think Anthony fighting someone off of a loss – him, as Noah said, he would like him to fight Thiago. He's coming off three losses. But fighting any of these guys ahead of him is better than fighting guys behind him, no matter if they're on a losing streak or a win streak. And I think getting a big win over a guy like Yuri or Dom puts Anthony right back at the top, ready for potentially another title shot soon. He's fighting his way back. He's proven that uh, he's not just going away easy. You, no. you, we, we counted him out. Or, I'm not going to say we, because I never counted (laughs) out Anthony Smith, damn it. But people counted out Anthony Smith, the Lionheart. And now he's bouncing back huge. Two straight finishes. Really, when doesn't this guy finish fights? And the best thing about Anthony Smith... This man started fighting because he went into a subway to get a fucking sandwich. And saw a flyer to fight out in Nebraska. Just because of it. Never had training or anything and Mm -hmm. started fighting. So, Anthony Smith... The I, literally nicknamed Lionheart is perfect, and I can't wait to see him back in there again, going the loser of our May first headliner.
0: Now for Jim and Crew, mm, it's less clear right now because we're gonna have to see what kind of timetable he's gonna have to even get back in the octagon. How much damage structurally was done to his knee and yeah. leg? But uh, because of that, I'm like kind of a lot of these light heavyweights though in that. You know, from Anthony Smith, number six, all the way to Jimmy Crude at 13. Everybody in between there, open right now. Yeah. You got Paul Craig and Jamal Hill fighting. That's 14-15. I still think you give Jimmy Crude another chance ahead of him right now. Maybe against a guy that's struggling. I'm going to say Ryan Spann, number 11. Ryan Spann losing to, um, or he defeated Misha Serkinov. So he's coming off a win right now. Um, before that, loss to Johnny. Lost to Johnny before that. Actually, maybe I go with number 12. Uh, I'll stick with number 11, Ryan Spann. Ryan Span, another big guy at light heavyweight. So, But he's also kind of a lanky guy as well. So that's going to present some problems for Jimmy, who's a little more stocky for 205. Yeah. But still very big in his own right. Um, I think that fight could be a lot of fun. It just all depends on when Jimmy Crute gets back in there.
1: <sighs> Noah, thoughts on Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker, my friend.
0: I mean, you know I'm going to love that. My like, goodness.
1: Just... I mean, Johnny hasn't fought in a long time. He did beat Ryan Spann uh, in 2020. Haven't seen him fight since then. He's been trained his striking with John Cavanaugh, uh, Connor's head coach, improving his striking. And I think a battle with him and Kroot would be absolutely just fireworks. Two of the biggest named prospects in the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would be absolute fireworks. Yeah. Well said. What a way to start that main card in such a weird way. Yep, and we're going to follow it up with... uh... Have we ever seen a card start with two back-to-back fights like this? No, never. And will we ever again?
0: I sure hope hope not. not. (laughs) I hope not. So we go on to middleweight, a rematch 10 years in the making. Dominic wrote an article about this fight. I don't think you Uh, predicted this. Well,
1: I technically got the outcome right, but uh, (laughs) not how it happened.
0: (laughs) Uriah Hall gets the TKO over Chris Weidman due to a leg injury. Seventeen seconds into the very first round. I mean, guys, this, this guys, isn't just
1: a leg injury. Uh,
0: this is this is a life career altering, altering life, life
1: altering. altering.
0: This was, you know, think about. I, I saw a tweet kind of worded similar to this. You know, we all had the night of our lives last night watching these fights, and Chris Weidman probably had the worst night of his entire life. Shows the and differing. Perspectives. Yeah. Um. Let's just talk about what happened. Uh, so, the fight starts. Chris Weidman throws a single leg kick. The first strike of the whole fight. And his leg instantly snaps in half. Snaps in half. And if you've seen Anderson Silva when he did it to Chris Weidman, the exact same injury.
1: The, and we were talking about this before we started recording, and I think it's just we got to reiterate how crazy this. Yeah. The irony. It's the irony, yeah. So as Noah just mentioned, most of you probably have seen this at some point or another. Chris Weidman defeated uh, Anderson to win the belt. Shocked the world. That was a straight-up KO. Crazy. They give Anderson, of course, the immediate rematch. And in that bout, Anderson throws a leg kick that gets mildly checked and his leg snaps. That's a TKO win for Chris Weidman. Here we are. Eight years removed, almost, and it happens to Chris Weidman the same way. And to make it even more odd, it was against Uriah Hall. Chris Weidman gave Uriah Hall his very first career loss in their first bout 11 years ago at Ring of Combat in New York City. Then, they both go on to have such different careers, Uriah ends up fighting Anderson Silva, on Halloween last year, and essentially retires Anderson from MMA. Mm-hmm. So you have Weidman, who stops his title reign, Uriah, who stops his career. They meet again in a rematch, Hall and Weidman, and Weidman breaks his leg against Uriah. Just it's just crazy. All
0: three of their careers have kind of intertwined. It's crazy. So this is awful. It's heartbreaking, man. You know, I know like a lot of people were kind of making fun of Weidman leading in here. and, I, and Not that it was like... It was all in good fun, but... No one will see that. Happen, but yeah. Weidman was kind of being the the butt of a lot of jokes this week because of his comments talking about how he could beat Adesanya, yeah. how he thought he had four fights left. One of them would be winning the belt and then defending it and then retiring. Regardless of if you think he had a chance to do that or not. Because I know the majority of people looked at that and were like rolled their eyes and yeah. scoffed. A guy that was still that confident and really thought that this fight was like his... His return to this, kind of being the the all American, you know, the the guy of middleweight, and to see him throw a single leg mm-hmm. kick and it's snap, and then it's over, and it probably his entire career is this over. could
1: be career ending.
0: I know for Anderson it wasn't, but, but it Chris kind Weidman of was.
1: You well, look at you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, but I mean he, still, we fought, he still fought. But he never saw the same. You're right, but he was still fighting at a pretty high level afterwards I'm just saying that Chris Weidman stylistically is a lot different of a fighter than Silva and the injuries he's accumulated over the years are much more piled up yeah so I think that this might be the nail I don't know I hate to even talk I, I, I just feel icky talking about it but also disappointing for Uriah Hall the poor guy. Big opportunity for him here to kind of yeah. avenge a loss. It's not the way you want to do it. You could tell he just wanted to get it. And Uriah out there. was
1: riding that win streak, finally mm-hmm. starting to climb the ranks again, and I don't it's just awful for both both guys and obviously complete different ways.
0: So out of respect for Chris Weidman, I, I'm not no. gonna talk about like uh We wish
1: nothing more than a speedy yeah. recovery and good health to Chris. So let's Weidman. talk
0: about Chris or Uriah Hall here. Rank number nine coming in. He technically does get a win here, but is it really a win? Nah, I mean. What was the tweet from Dana? He's the The first first fighter in UFC history to win a fight without throwing throwing a a single single strike. strike. Take that for what it's worth. (laughs) So, who do you think is next for him here?
1: Uh, Someone that you can turn him quick with. Turn him around quick.
0: Well, there's not a ton of available opponents um, that are kind of open right now. An interesting one Maybe a If he wants to get Turned around quick The options are not There's not a lot of them
1: Am I crazy for talking about him Fighting Jared Cannonier?
0: No because I said Kelvin Versus Jared Cannonier last week
1: Jared is the only man that's essentially available
0: I was going to say Darren Till
1: Depending on the severity Of his collarbone That's not a bad fight at all Uh,
0: Darren Till or Honestly, and people might call me crazy for this, Paulo, Paulo Costa. Yeah, but they already fought, so I guess he wouldn't do true that. As well. yeah, and he got he, he got, got beat aired, up by yeah. Paulo Costa. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't do that. I think Jared Cannonier and Darren Till are really the only two options. And I think
1: Cannonier would take that fight.
0: I would hope he because he's got to
1: come back and win anyway. And Uriah yeah. would get a chance to still fight up. It's just so awful because he can't help what happened. No, yeah. he can't help that. Oh, I, I guess I did get a win. Like. It's just such a shitty situation for both guys. I think you reward Uriah
0: just with something,
1: you know. A guy that's think, I don't still up he there. He shouldn't
0: be hampered by this. No,
1: you can't punish a guy for that.
0: No, but I think it's time to move on. Yeah, to some more exciting things to talk about. All the best to Chris Weidman and his family. Yes. First title fight we're talking about: women's flyweight title. Valentina Shevchenko retains with the TKO win with some elbows Mm. against Jessica Andrade. Mm. Three minutes, 19 seconds into the very second round. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, What a performance. Performance of the year type beat. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, she was flawless. Valentina, this was supposed to be her toughest test and she made it look... One of her easiest. Made it look so easy. Yeah. And you know, I'm a big Jessica Andrade fan. I am. She might be my favorite female fighter. She's awesome. She had nothing here. Nothing. When Valentina, who is this killer on the feet. World champion Muay Thai striker. Right. Landed seven takedowns. The most. Seven for seven, by the way. The most in any women's UFC fight in history. Not one got sprawled. You just have to wonder,
1: like. And not only she, does she take the fight to the ground, she finishes the fight on the ground.
0: Yeah, she gets her in she the crucifix. She,
1: and I love the way Dana put it in the uh, post fight presser, where she just came out like she was angry, pissed mm-hmm. off that people were even giving Jessica a chance. Yeah. And she goes out there and essentially, not that, I don't want to say beats her at her own game because Jessica knocks a lot of people out on the feet, but Jessica, to her core, is great at jujitsu, very powerful, and can grapple very heavily. We saw that against Jojo Calderwood back at 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. And Valentina went in there and made it look so it's mean, so insanely easy. It was crazy. Yeah. She's levels above. She was that, I mean she's like the boss in the video game that you just can't beat.
0: Going into this fight, I really thought for Jessica the only way that she could pull out a win here was to kind of clinch up, use her strength, her power, and then it turns out she is not even. Valentina remotely was stronger than strong. the clinch. The one time Andrade got good positioning for, like, a slam, she couldn't even get Valentina off Wasn't her feet. Wasn't even close.
1: Yeah.
0: And I looked at that and I went, is this the right weight class for Andrade? Because at strawweight, she was throwing women around like they were rag dolls." Yeah. And I know Valentina is the best of the yeah. best. But she literally couldn't get her off her feet. It was crazy. It was crazy to strength difference, and I just didn't see that going in here. And... Yeah, Valentina puts her in a crucifix and lands some elbows, Just like she did to Caitlyn again. It was just so impressive. And you could tell that this one felt really good for Valentina. Oh, she seemed yeah. she very happy it. about this And one. then in
1: oh, all that, that, that Octagon interview with her, she says, They can keep training and keep doing all these things to beat me, but they never will. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bad bitch. <laughs> this, this woman is untouchable at 125 pounds. But, we got to match her up with somebody.
0: Well, she. I think it's pretty obvious. I yeah. I think it's the winner of... Murphy Calderwood. Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. Happening at UFC 263. Yeah, June 12th. Valentina can take a little breather, wait a few months. and Yeah. Find the to winner of that, that's who I go with. For Andrade, I'm going to go with the, the first open opponent in the in the rankings. Number five, Cynthia Calvillo.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um Cynthia, you know, coming off that tough loss to Caitlin Chukagian at UFC 255, didn't look great there, but she's looked good in this division at times. I think she can offer at least something. She's not as big or as strong as some of these bigger and stronger flyweights, so that's where Andrage's strengths are going to come in. Yeah. But she also is a very good wrestler, and Andrage showed some flaws here. That would be an interesting fight.
1: I, yeah, I'm actually just going to agree with you. I think that is very interesting because Cynthia has shown, like Noah said, the sparks of <coughs> why she was so hyped when she yeah. got into the UFC. But it, then at other times, she's really faltered and not given much to show. Yeah. So with a test for her in Jessica Andrade, that would be the biggest name that she had ever followed, yeah. essentially. It definitely would be the biggest win if she were to beat <laughs> Jessica. And for Andrade, it's not like you're giving her a slouch opponent in Calvillo either. That's a great, great stylistic. The only,
0: another, uh, just one that's a little bit more unrealistic, maybe not yet, Alexa Grasso. Yeah. Alexa's got to get booked here soon. But Alexa, number 10, I'll go with Cynthia for Mm -hmm. now. Moving on to our co main event of the evening Women's strawweight title on the line and new again. Thug Rose Rose, Rose Namajunas KOs Wei Li Zhang Zhang Wei Li, Excuse me With a head kick A minute 18 seconds Into the very first round Holy shit it was Do you believe? Perfect. Do you believe in miracles? Rose has now shocked the world twice When she's won her titles I I don't even know what to say About this one man Who would have saw that coming? I I I <laughs> You know, not, not and I'm not saying, like, okay, out of all three of these title fights, the majority of the people that were picking a new champion were siding with Rose. This was the 50-50 fight. And I, you picked Rose. I picked Zhang Weili. So, starting out, you're watching the fight. Everybody's buckling in for, like, five rounds. I couldn't
1: here. wait. That's what I thought it was going to be. I was waiting
0: for, like, the war here. Zhang Weili and Back Back Fight of the Years is what I said was going to happen. <laughs> and... What I did say, what I will say, I think I got right. The leg kicks? Well, she did seem, that did seem to be a part of her plan was, at least for that first minute, Zhang Weili was really just throwing all leg kicks. Yeah. But what I what I think I nailed in our preview was that both these women coming off wars in their previous fights, someone was going to sleep here. Yeah, that's true. The first, and the first head kick landed flush. This, this is
1: one of the cleanest head kicks I've ever seen.
0: Jean Whaley, fully expecting a kick to the body, but he goes upstairs. All the timing. Hands I mean, beautifully. Whaley's
1: hands just cleared her chin mm-hmm. to go down to block the body. Foot to the face. Yep. Asleep.
0: And Rosa's Legs done it again. Back. She did it again. Mm-mm. Nobody thought she would beat Joanna, and she came out and starched her. People gave her a chance here. A lot of people thought she might win. Yeah. But I don't think anybody saw it happening the way it did. And now she's the first female
1: in UFC history to reclaim... Her former title.
0: Yeah, that's such an interesting stat that I just never really thought about. And this woman is still,
1: let's see, I just want to make sure I get this right. 28 years
0: old. Only 10-4 and four in her professional women's career. Absolutely
1: crazy, the ceiling that Rose Namajunas has. And Trevor Whitman may just be the best coach in the game right now. We're going to get more into that in the main event. But Thug Rose... That crispy, clean striking we're so used to seeing, and that quick movement on the feet yeah. shows again here. Outside of the leg kicks, Whaley really couldn't find the range in terms of the head strikes and body strikes.
0: Well, I and think Rose, I, here's landed, what I think. I think Rose was pretty much leading the dance, as they say. Um, Whaley, it was her Whaley was very much reacting to what Rose was doing, rather, than, and Rose was the one that was initiating everything. Mm-hmm. And that's where you fall into a trap like that. Um, Good stoppage, I thought. I know Whaley wasn't happy, but I think cause that was because I think that was because she was just so out of it. So, what's next? Well, Dana, the, Dana in the post fight press conference said something about the rematch. I don't like that. I'm okay with it. I'm not upset by it. I get it. First round knockout, but you know, I wouldn't be upset by it because I think Jean Whaley is out. Her and Joanna, I think, are well. Okay, let's talk about the other option. The winner of Carlos Sparza and Joan and Yan—that's
1: the number one contender. fight. Yeah,
0: that's what it should be if you go by. Yeah, you know the right. <laughs> yeah, st- stages here, but so let's—I'll—I'll let, I'll agree with you there. I think the winner of that fight should be next. Yeah. So then, what's next for Joan and Yan?
1: Well, now it's way easier to, uh, to solidify <laughs> a rematch with her and Joanna. Now, I don't think that's what I want. But it's way easier to solidify it now because Joanna was saying she's fighting the winner of this fight. Man, I dude. was like, nah. I love Joanna, but nah. You Man. can't fight for another belt. All you do is fight for belts. Yeah. But now, with Zhang Wei Lee losing, they can essentially have the rematch and be a number one contender fight.
0: So I said that I wanted Joanna to fight somebody, Mackenzie Dern. But I actually think I'd rather see Zhang Wei Lee fight that uh, Mackenzie Dern. Oh, really? And then that would be a number one contender fight. That's probably, that's
1: probably an easier fight to make because we really don't know what you Come want on. Us to Tell do right now. Tell me you
0: wouldn't want to see that. Tell oh, I love you. that fight. Five-round main event. I'm shocked you said that, but I love that. I fight. want that as a fight night headliner. I want Zhang Li, Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern, an absolute buzzsaw when it comes to the ground game. And Making improving improvements so much in, her in feet. the feet. Yeah. But Zhang Li, the big, strong, powerful striker. Man, getting her biggest test who in terms of growing, grappling. Who is growing in her grappling, but again, not the level. Kenzie Dern is a different beast. So both of these women have a stark advantage over the other. Who wins out? Yeah. I don't care. Whether gets the next title shot. I know that kind of leaves Joanna in no man's land, but, you know, um, she'll find her way. Yeah, she's she's JJ. Yeah, she's JJ. She'll find her way.
1: Joanna champion. But. There's one more title fight to talk about, David the,
0: the welterweight title was on the line. Kamaru Usman. Showing that uh, he might be the best welterweight of all time.
1: And I believe, Noah, we're talking about the pound-for-pound pound greatest fighter in the UFC that is active currently right now.
0: That's, that is a mouthful. Yes. Well, who's out of it if you're saying active right now? Well, they have John Jones, but he is not active. Oh. <laughs> Kamaru Usman knocks out Jorge Masvidal a minute, two seconds into the second round. Yeah, knocks he heard that him out. Right. Out cold. <laughs> out cold. Um, first round of this fight, very uh, back and forth, I thought. Usman hurt stunning. Masvidal a couple times The jab. Landed a takedown. Yep, landed a takedown. But even with that takedown, Masvidal very active all Yeah, got back. back up. Got back up. It was I really a close thought, round at the end of that fight in my head I went okay this fight might go five rounds but I think this might end up being like the I'm still gonna say it's my fight of the night if we're going by main card yeah pro-
1: yeah it probably should be
0: yeah but in my head I went this is about the, this might be the fight that we thought we might not get like a five round like really good yeah. technical fight <laughs> then man second round. Usman does land a good shot leading up to the knockout. Mozviedov sticks his tongue out at him, laughs it off. Not even five seconds later, he's asleep. Usman throws a right the, cross, the best overhand right mm. I've ever seen. Mozviedov, mm. it looked like a knockout. You see, you see the, in the sweat fly off his, his hair and oh, everything. Oh man! And he's out limp but Usman laying some ground and pound to finish them all. Ferb <laughs> yeah. Dean stops it. It's over. Wow.
1: I didn't expect that at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember right before the fight started, one of our buddies looked at you and went, Dom, do you really think that uh, Usman can knock out all?" And I you were like, you like oh, I don't know, you know, and that's the second time that it, Masvidal has been credited with the KO loss in his career. In the, the first, first time, time in he... this decade. First time since 2009, 2008, no. one of the two. Come on. That's... And the first time he's ever been put to sleep. Can you guys stop disrespecting Kamaru Usman?
1: Oh, he's just a grappler. He's a wrestler. He's so boring. Three of his last four wins all on the feet, knockouts. And he's getting better. That's what's... He's terrifying. That's terrifying. The
0: fact that he's making these much improvements on his feet... You guys, you gotta stop. Whether you like him or not, like I get it. If you don't like his personality, whatever, that's fine. But it, you gotta respect the abilities. You gotta respect the talent. This guy is the best fighter in the UFC that is active, as you said. Yes. If you don't count Jon Jones, and even if you do count Jon Jones, guess shit, what? Shit. I'm probably putting Newsman in front of him at this point. He's
1: the pound for pound king right now.
0: Because we think Jon Jones has been losing fights. That's true. And well, now has four title defenses. Usman, I mean. He's chasing I don't know George St. Peter. I don't know who's beating this guy. If 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 you want to look at, if you really want to go back and look at his performance, there was some wild striking going on in the first round from him. Do you notice that, if you remember yeah, a little bit? Yeah, he threw a couple so, off, yeah. Like, uh. So I think that there is the potential down the line. He getting overzealous. Maybe he falls a little too in love with the knockout and gets caught, because he did get caught against Burns. But it sounds like right now, if you don't land the perfect shot on this guy and put him out right away, you're fucked. then there's no game plan that he won't figure out and counteract. Because
1: if you do get the best of him on the feet, he's taking your ass down. <laughs> and you're screwed on the floor. Yeah. And uh, it seems we know who's next, so we really don't have to match It's Colby Covington. Yeah, it's Colby too. Yep. So and back-to-back rematches
0: here for Usman. And truthfully... I Colby, mean it makes sense. Colby Colby did win a fight. Colby will forever loss, so. he's always gonna be Camaro's toughest opponent. Yeah. He matches Kamaru on the ground. He might even be a better wrestler than Kamaru. But if you go from their first fight where both guys sloppy in the striking department, but they had an all out war. And Usman still got the TKO. And you look at the improvements Usman has made in his striking. I can't necessarily say Colby has made those same improvements. Oh, my. It makes you wonder if this fight's going to go any different. If not, more for the champ. Yeah. But he he very well may, may be untouchable. Colby Covington, though. That's the
1: fight, though. That's right? the fight, yeah. though. And I'd say I mean, probably then the fall.
0: The toughest matchup for Kamaru that he'll ever have. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd say turn Kamaru around quick again because he didn't get injured too much, and Colby's available. But the problem is June's booked and July's booked, so let's try for August at the earliest.
0: <clears throat> now for Jorge Masvidal. Um,
1: I, mm, 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 loser Leon Nate Diaz. Okay. The loser. Interesting. I think the winner... Isn't gonna get a title fight after Colby, to be truthful. Especially if it's uh, Leon. Okay. And if Nate wins, then they're gonna definitely want to put Nate for a title fight, just because.
0: <laughs> That'll be interesting. Because because I, I, I don't know we got a co- storyline both ways. Well, I don't know when Usman Covington two's happening. That's why I'm like, huh. Yeah. I guess they could. That could be next. It probably should be. But it's like, you gotta have a guy fight in May, but not actually fight for a title until. Like, February? December or January? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just depends on when. Because Kamaru has fought twice in... 71 days. Yeah. So, I mean, he's probably deserves a little bit of time.
1: I'm not opposed if he wants to get right back in. Yeah, I agree.
0: (laughs) Now, for uh, Mr. Game Bread. I'm curious to see what you think. I'm going to do a fun one. As much as I want to say someone like Vicente Luque, (laughs) I'm going to give a fun one. How about Nick Diaz? Oh my! Nick Diaz talked oh. about returning. Dana White even I'm said, "I'm leaving. I'm leaving, dog." Dana White said last night that Nick Diaz was waiting for him in the back to talk about coming back and fighting.
1: You just broke my brain. Him and all
0: Jorge is probably, coming into
1: avenge of the little brother.
0: Yeah. Oh my! We haven't seen Nick Diaz fight literally in almost a decade. We could
1: actually see a BMF title defense potentially.
0: I'm not opposed. I to hate it. it,
1: but I'm just saying. <laughs> Not Wouldn't be
0: surprised. Oh, you bastard. Nick Diaz looks like he's in really good
1: shape. Oh, he looks phenomenal right now. Both similar in age. He was at the fight Saturday night. Dana said he's having a meeting with him last night before he yep. left Florida. So, I think there's a good
0: chance that that's a fight that gets booked.
1: Yeah, you gotta think, like... You know, we're talking about a Stockton, California guy. Why did he travel all the way to Florida for that fight? But I will
0: say it is interesting that Dana didn't turn down the idea of uh, him and Omzat. Yeah. So,
1: I love Jorge Nick Diaz. That yeah, is a yes. sick fight for the fans. That would be awesome. And you could
0: even you could do that as a pay per view headliner. Oh yeah. I mean,
1: the return of Nick Diaz would be humongous. Yeah.
0: Nate would probably be in his corner. Yes. I think that's the fight. You,
1: that, you can't go wrong with that at all. That's one of the best post. That's one of the best result recap episode fight predictions you've ever done. That one right <laughs> Thank there. You. Holy! Any? Did you want to <laughs> throw
0: another name out there? No, no, no.
1: Leon loser. Leon oh, Nate yeah. loser. Okay, gotcha.
0: Kamaru Usman is the king. Kamaru Usman is the king. Look, he's you know Matt Hughes is one of my favorite early day fighters. Kamaru has passed him in my eyes. Kamaru is now officially on the chase for GSP. Yeah, he's the number two welterweight of all time. Um, it's it's crazy just to see kind of the growth he's had because you know I didn't think he would beat Tyron Woodley way back when. Dominates him, yeah, and then every step of the way has just gotten better and better and better. Can we give a small shout out to Trevor Whitman here? Well, I'll let you take that one.
1: Trevor Whitman earned Coach of the Year. Just off of last night. He has Rose Nami Yunus KO Zhang Weili to become the champ again. He has Kamaru Usman beat Gilbert Burns 70 days ago with a jab that he helped Kamaru create and then knocks out Jorge Masvidal cold at UFC 261. Trevor Whitman is a mad scientist. An absolute genius in the striking realm. And it is so intriguing to me that this man doesn't have... These giant camps with all these fighters, you know, 500 people fighting in his gym with memberships and stuff. No, 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 no. He's got a little warehouse where he makes his own gloves and fighting gear. Oh, and by the way, he trains three of the best fighters in the world. Justin Gaethje, Rose Namajunas, Kamaru Usman. That's a fucking dream team right there. Trevor (laughs) Whitman is a genius. One of the best coaches in the MMA right now. I had to... Give a shout out there.
0: I think that's a good way to kind of wrap this up. My goodness. So that's going to wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag UFC 261 results and recap. Could you have had a better fight card to bring fans back? No, the fans were incredible, by the way. I know we've uh, given our opinions before our Hot Takes episode. We said... Yeah, it was prefer, special last night. We prefer night. to fights without fans. But it was special. Last night, if we get more like that, which, my opinion right now, the rest of 2021 and maybe even after that, that's what you're going to be seeing a lot Cause of. Because they're returning to new places yeah. for the first time. So all these people that this is likely maybe their first big event they're yeah. going to.
1: Next month we'll see it in Houston. We'll see it in Vegas So we'll, Vegas see, so we'll take a week
0: and we'll see... Hopefully there's no aftermath No, no backlash yeah. Hopefully No negative mm-hmm. stories And then I think this is going to be Literally the Oh moon. they're going to keep Churning them out Fight nights Probably expect uh, Within a couple months yeah. To probably start yeah. Going back to Being in a bunch Of different places Which means maybe They treat us For Ohio, Ohio Let's hey. go data. Hey we had to cancel Last year Come on Give us Columbus baby Give us Stipe <laughs> 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 But uh That's all we got As for the rest of the week Friday Yeah, your boy. Headlining. Big big headline fight on ESPN. This man went from the prelims to a main event. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Dominic Reyes trying to bounce back, going up against Jiri Prohaska, who's Mm -hmm. got a literal tree growing out of his head.
1: Oh, yeah, he does have a crazy dude right now. But, love the guy. Yes.
0: Whole fart is pretty fun. Yeah, and... Cub Swanson, Giga Chikese, another one of my boys, Cub. Co-main and Cub. That's awesome. So I'm very excited for this card happening on ESPN. We'll be previewing that on Friday. Be on the lookout for all that. But until then, Dominic, tell the good people where they can find you on social media.
1: On Twitter, on Instagram, at DCL14. And find the podcast, more importantly, on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore M-M-A podcast.
0: And as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. If you have a thought about an upcoming fight, about these fights that happen Saturday night, a news story, if you just want to say hi or tell us we're a piece of shit, you do it there. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast. Whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all of this if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out and we'll see you all on Friday.